0: Go away, kitty. (laughs) Do you like this show and you want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Of course you do. Well, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Become a Patreon supporter of this very show. The mean gene. Gonna say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and what you gonna do when Hulkamania runs wild on you?
1: (laughs) You look like a fake glitch streaming Uh. character that plays Call of Duty. Actually, I don't look
0: too bad right now.
1: Like Dr. Disrespect or something. Yeah. <laughs> just got uh, like a big floofy wig.
0: I can't see anything with those on. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so, how, how does it look? Fantastic. Yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah. I like the headband too. I'm going to keep the headband for when we go to wrestling. Uh... You
1: should. <laughs> nice. Once that once I start doing that again, yes. <laughs> I
0: think I might do it again for Halloween and be Hulk Hogan for Halloween. All I need is a, a you know the shirt and the feather boa. I'll be I'm good to go.
1: And and systemic racism.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll leave that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. That's probably the smart <laughs> thing to do. So how am I supposed um, to do the show like this? <laughs> <laughs> i mean how are you gonna how's anybody gonna take me seriously looking like this
2: i'll be honest i don't know if we do the you rest seriously. of the show
0: what'd you say Derek?
2: right i <laughs> said honestly i don't know if we can top this i mean we could probably just end the show right now and it would be the best episode ever yeah
1: <laughs> right it's a video episode and that's it
0: uh, yeah i was dreading it all day today i was like oh man <laughs> i gotta shave tonight
2: so yeah. how, how uh, long have I gotta ask how long have you been rocking the the man Manchu since about like, six, we're since about 6 o'clock okay so about an oh uh, so not
1: long yeah about yeah. an hour
2: yeah but, it's a fresh cut so
1: I think it's only fair to reiterate why this has happening
2: Tymo
0: <laughs> says did Joe Exotic get out of jail oh yeah I'm definitely <laughs> shaving after this <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm. <coughs> that is uh, I am never gonna recover from this financially. <laughs>
0: well, enjoy it now because this is the last bet we're ever doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just really good at this. I mean, that's obvious.
0: Well, time hey, to. at least I didn't lose a hundred bucks. All I had to do was lose a beard. Right. So.
1: <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of would have been able to hundred bucks, not that, but yeah. Not that. But uh, I, I still okay. I have to discuss real quickly the bet itself. And, like, I sent a message to someone, and I forgot who it was. But I, you know, they asked me what theories I had about about Pietro on WandaVision. And I told them that I don't like to have theories, because it always leads with me being disappointed. And that's not a good way to watch television, right? (laughs) And, And, uh, But if I had to, there's really three things. It's either it is Pietro, they just recast him. It is uh, Pietro from the X-Men universe, or it's just one of the neighbors that she brought over. And I was right. I should have been very specific because (laughs) if I, and then twisted it to where you had to wear that for a month if I got it on the nose.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought I had a pretty good theory, though. You know, I mean, it kind of made sense, but, you know.
1: I mean, as soon as you texted, I think Loki is Pietro. I was like, since when does Loki give a shit about Wanda Maximoff?
0: Well, (laughs) yeah, but we still, we're going to get the the Loki TV show. We still, they they have not addressed what happened to him after he took the, the Tesseract. So, I figured what Mm -hmm. better way to reintroduce him back into the the fold by just showing up and like having him be behind a lot of this stuff.
1: Yeah, I don't like that idea. I mean, a lot, I mean, and very specifically for the reason I said, because it makes no story sense. I mean, what, why?
0: I mean, (laughs) you know, I I was just looking for the big twist, you know, hoping the big twist. Right. I I understand.
1: And, And everybody was wrong. So, that is what makes me excited because I was going to tell everybody that they were wrong. And (laughs) people just forgot how to watch movies and TV nowadays. They're always like, if it's not this very specific plot, I'm going to hate it. (laughs)
0: Well, that's the thing. I'm not like trying to like, uh, you know, ruin anything for myself. I just, I like throwing out theories and seeing if they come true. And if they don't, it doesn't break my heart. I'm not going to like, Go to Twitter and, and, you know, threaten to kill people because my, you know, my
2: prediction didn't come true. It's not about the prediction. It's not about the speculation. It's about the reaction to the speculation. Steffi's here. What's
0: up, Steffi? (laughs) (laughs) She's laughing at me now. Uh, You like it? Because this is the last time it's ever going to happen. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh,
1: that's too bad i think we should make a bet every single every single day yeah so that's (laughs) at at least for every marvel
0: show let's go and actually start the episode like we usually do derek tell us about your week
2: uh it's been pretty good uh we had our um first high school game at our stadium this past monday so it was like first time we've actually done baseball in nearly a year so it was a long day, long night, but yeah, it was it was alright. Other than that, just um playing some video games. Uh played some more trials of mana, which I will be reviewing this evening. hmm Um other than that, uh, just been kinda hanging out with the fiance and uh just doing the whole podcast thing. Sweet.
0: Uh seven years. Seven yeah, as- years.
2: Seven years ago today is when I released the first episode of the Derek Diamond Experience and it makes me feel ancient.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Steffi says I look great, so thank you, Steffi.
2: <laughs> I, I I wish that one of us would have dressed up as the Macho Man. I could... Uh, or
1: like,
2: like Wally could have been either Macho Man or Mean Gene, and I could have been the other. <laughs>
1: I would have been a better mean jean. If you know, we lived together,
0: hair. we could have done the whole promo where, you know, uh you could like Wally could play Mean Gene and then uh Derek you could have played the macho man and we could have done the whole the the mega powers handshake the oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> See the gentleman to my left here shake hands <laughs> with the gentleman on my right. So what about you Wally? Uh how was your week? Uh, I, I didn't hear that because you cut out on me.
0: Oh, I so was, how was your week? Cause I know you've been playing a lot of Fortnite cause it's like all you do. I with. have.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is that I get to hang out with my friends on Fortnite and you know, it's like, you know, what else am I going to do? And, uh, my little girl has been playing with me as well. So we've been in squads and I'm telling you, me, my little girl, Rampage, uh, my buddy, Andrew, uh, Steffi. Uh, we've got, oh, I'm, I'm missing people. Oh, Matt, we are dominating. <laughs> we, we are simply destroying the competition. But the thing is, is that they just changed the game. Uh, season six started yesterday, so techni- so basically we're in a brand new game, so to speak, and we're still uh, figuring it out because they have changed all the weapons uh, they added bows and arrows and animals. Like there's packs of wolves who will attack you now.
0: There's chickens um, to catch. R- Rampage says there's chickens to catch in there. Yep,
1: yeah, there are chickens, and you can actually float down like in Zelda, uh, holding on to a chicken, and uh, awesome. and then you can kill it and then eat it for sustenance.
2: Okay, uh, which
1: you shouldn't <laughs> eat raw chicken. Yeah, I mean the food. You know, if you kill like wolves, you can eat. The, the meat for health, which is gross, and uh, you also collect their bones and and off, uh, there's a crafting element now, so you can craft your weapons to be better, like explosive uh, explosive uh, arrows and things of that nature. Um, so they really change the format, and it's it's fun, but it's a lot trying to figure out you know, trying to figure it out while you're playing because they don't give you a tutorial or anything like that. And uh, really,
0: I really want to play with you guys, so I'll do that soon. I've just been... I haven't had a whole lot of time. Plus, Joey Image has been uh, wanting me to get the game uh, Days Gone for, like, months Hi. now. And I actually picked it up the other day for 15 bucks from GameStop, and I've been playing that the last couple of days, so that's been sucking whatever extra time I have playing that game.
1: I have it. I just never touched it. it it's really uh, part of the, yeah, when you buy a PlayStation five, they give it to you. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I talked him into playing Mad Max too. Cause I think Mad Max <laughs> is one of the uh, most underrated, you know, PS4 ga- or underrated uh, open world games of the last few years. So, and it's right. a lot like days gone. So I think uh, it's a good transition to go between those two games.
1: Uh, Steffi says she had a platinum on that game until they added the DLC to wow, wow. it. Oh, so, wow. Nice. Interesting. It's a good I, game. I, I haven't platinumed any games.
0: <laughs> yeah, me neither. I just get to play to yeah. the end, then I'm done. <laughs> right. Same. I'm spent. Um, but we got some news to get to. Would you fellas like to get to the news? Sure. Sure, I'm I'm sitting it out since I've never got a warning to the thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just comment. This one is an email from our, one of our patrons, Armes Jackson, uh, from nintendolife.com. Running gun shooter Mighty Goose takes aim at Untitled Goose Game's Waterfowl Crown. Uh, the adorable Untitled Goose Game has already become a champion of gaming geese on the Switch eShop, but there's always room for one more, right? The spring This spring sees the launch of Mighty Goose, a fast-paced run-and-gun shooter from Blast Mode Games and Playism. Unlike Untitled Goose Game's cheeky titular character... This particular waterfowl is an aggressive, muscle bounty hunter whose only goal is to hunt down evil. Um, assume the role of Mighty Goose and bring the fight to the Void King. The, this galaxy-conquering monarch commands a vast army of minions and mechanized monsters. Dealing with these baddies means traveling to distant worlds and facing all kinds of dangers. But not to worry, this, this is no problem for the legendary Mighty Goose.
2: I'm in love with this the game mighty already. Mighty Goose. It's the Mighty Goose. Mighty goose it looks like a fun Nightmare game I, I, I haven't I haven't watched the YouTube video yet but from the screen caps I mean it looks like it would be a really fun game and I mean who doesn't want to play as a badass goose <laughs> yeah it has a nice 16 bit look to it so I, I might give this a shot yeah this looks like it it belongs like right on the Super Nintendo oh yeah it, it looks like a lot of fun i, I is there a multiplayer Aspect to just I don't just know. I was speaker?
0: I was looking through it. Doesn't say anything about multiplayer. It doesn't uh, it doesn't give you a price either. But I imagine this can't be more than five ten bucks.
2: Yeah, if this had some type of multiplayer aspect to it, can you say community game night? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now this, this game looks like a lot of fun. Mighty like, Goose. It? Okay. Yeah, it's called My- the Mighty Goose. The Mighty Goose. Our next story uh, is an email from I Am The Rampage, a.k.a. Rampage. Rampage. From GameSpot.com, Blizzard reportedly lays off 50 people to pivot away from live, in-person events. Blizzard has reportedly cut 50 people from its workforce as the company shifts away from live events, a decision brought on by the coronavirus pandemic. And in an update, Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier is how I'm assuming you say yeah. that name. That's
1: how you say it. Yeah, I don't said, like
2: that guy. said, dozens of people at the whole company have been affected, not just those in live events. Schreier also noted that the affected employees will receive 200 Battle.net gift cards on top of the 90 severance and health benefits for one year. Wow, thanks. You, uh, you fired yeah, me and I get a $200 what? Battle.net yeah, that's, card.
1: Uh, <laughs> Here is uh, 300 hours of AOL on my
2: might as well give them a freaking AOL disc while you're at it. That's freaking... That's awful. That angers me. Uh, the affected employees come from support departments largely responsible for live events, including esports matches. A company spokesperson said that Blizzard and its esport teams has had to adapt to the world's new conditions. But, I mean, it, th- this really sucks. I mean, you, you hate when anyone loses their job.
1: Right, you do. But
2: But, I mean, it's... I hate to say it, but it's not surprising. I mean, so many people have lost their jobs. So many businesses are shut down due to the pandemic. And I know things are starting to get better as the vaccine continues to roll out. But I fear we may not have seen the last of this And the uh, story similar to this.
0: They left out of this article, too, that the Activision Blizzard CEO is getting a bonus of 200 million dollars.
1: And not even just that, Steffi just said in the chat that someone checked and they had job openings still on their page after that post.
2: Oh my God.
0: You know, I used to love Blizzard, but, you know, I was a huge World of Warcraft fan. I like, you know, I really love uh, Diablo, the Diablo games. But after this, I'm voting with my wallet. I'm not buying anything Blizzard ever ever since they
1: were well that's what i'm saying
0: Uh, you know blizzard was a totally different company until they were taken over by activision and activision has done nothing but drive blizzard into the ground over the last six to seven years and i'm done i'm not i'm not gonna buy diablo 2 after this and and then seeing that their ceo got uh 200 is getting a 200 million dollar bonus after all these people were let go I'm not giving them any more money. I'm just not going to do it. I, I don't care. I, I'd i love to fin- to go back and play Diablo 2, but I'm not going to do it. They're not getting any more of my money, ever.
2: Well, that's what we should do. If there's something that you don't ethically agree with or just something you don't like, you don't buy it. Yeah. You Like you said, you vote yeah. with your wallet. Like That's the ultimate way to show that you disapprove of something.
0: And I think this is going to piss off enough people in the Blizzard community that... I kind of hope that people really leave Blizzard. Like I I hope that they start, uh, you know, uh, unsubscribing to stuff and send a message. That's the only way these companies are going to learn. Is you're going to have to send them a message. And if you stop playing their games, stop giving them money, maybe they might think twice before doing crap like this. Right. Yeah. Activision needs to be taught a lesson. (laughs) <laughs> that's they're like EA they you know they they just need need to be taught a lesson and EA has been able to get away with all the crap they've gotten away with since what the late 90s um you know they 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 took over every single sports uh, t- uh what uh what am I what's the word I'm looking for uh like sports, the, franchises. sports franchises so that way you know there's no competition like, all there is every year is just another Madden upgrade. You know, you can't play, you know, the NHL 2K games that I used to love, the NFL 2K games that I used to love. You can't play them anymore because nobody can make them because EA has all the money. And then they started doing all the loot box crap the last few years. It's like, just stop giving them money. <laughs> People complain about it, but yet every year they go and pay $75 for a roster upgrade. On Madden. And
1: just stop it. Just stop. Point of order, if you want the full roster upgrade, it's ninety nine ninety nine. Jesus. <laughs> no thanks.
2: <laughs> That's freaking criminal.
0: Yeah, it is. I, I don't, I don't uh, know what else it, to say. I'm very disappointed in Blizzard. And I know it, it's... Because oh. all the people I loved at Blizzard that ran, that created that company, all those guys are gone now. They're off doing other things. This right. is all new people running everything. And it just feels... It went from feeling like a game company made by gamers, people who just loved playing games, and and made the games that they wanted to play. And that's why everything was so good. And, and all those people are gone now. And... And,
1: it's, and no, it, it's interesting because... Uh, A point that Steffi actually put in there is that people who are younger who don't remember the steady decline will still pay for these things because we know that this is a marketed difference from the way that they used to be in the 90s and, and the early 2000s. And the people who are just getting into gaming, they just see a video game company. They don't really see you know, the behind the scene, honestly, you go on Twitter and see video game, Twitter, you know, the people who are ta- discussing it and responding to developers and stuff like that. It's obvious. They don't know what the hell goes yeah. on behind the scenes. They don't know how game development is. And so they don't one understand. And two, they don't, don't remember that far back. That's just what gaming is to them.
0: Yeah. It, so I don't, I don't know. Of, Maybe, you know, and even Steffi said, uh, um, but the people who care will know the deci- what decisions to make and boycott, so to speak. Right. And you know, I agree with that. There are a lot of us, I say, older gamers, which which means, which basically, I mean, like twenty five and above, you know, older gamers. But you're right. I mean, the the younger gamers, the teenagers, they don't they don't care about that stuff as long as they get their uh, you know Fortnite bucks. Like they're they're gonna keep pumping money into to stuff like. Loot boxes and things like that—things that have ruined gaming the last ten years. And hey, now um, Fortnite
1: doesn't have loot boxes.
0: Oh, I right know, here. but you know what I'm saying, like like that. <laughs> I, not, yeah, I know. What you mean. Because that they'll they'll do it because they, they like you said they don't really know any better. It's it's all yeah, they know.
2: Right. Just what I was about to say. They just don't know any better. Yeah. Pay.
0: Yeah. Pay to win, baby. <laughs> it's exactly. Yeah, what it is, Pay to win.
1: Everything on Fortnite, you pay to look different. That's yeah. really well. That's, that's why it. I like. That's what it really like it. should be. Yeah.
0: You know, if you want right. to spend money, I'd rather spend money in a game to, to look cool. I don't want to pay to right. win. Like, if I have to pay to win, this is why I stopped playing. Um, uh, crap. What's the Blizzard game? The card game? Hearthstone. Uh, yeah, Hearthstone. That's why I quit playing Hearthstone. It's like I, you have to pay to win, basically. It's supposed to be a free game,
1: but if you just
0: play the free version,
1: right. you're going to get your ass
0: kicked. And that's why I stopped playing it.
1: Right. And it's not like that. The games that have endured are the games that are free and play the same regardless as to whether... Like Among Us is a free game on mobile. And it it was huge because nobody has an advantage uh, other than the fact that, you know, you can't really talk very well on a mobile game. Yeah. Uh, But it's all based on platform differences. And so, you know, Among Us, Fortnite... That type of thing you know even even like uh fall guys uh, all the games that have become massively popular lately, the only thing that you pe- spend money on are the cosmetics yeah uh fall guys is not a free game of course, but you know you you don't have to ha- you don't get any competitive advantage by spending your money, you just look like Mr. Beast,
0: yeah, and that's <laughs> you know? I don't mind doing that if I'm playing a game where I can either play it for a thousand hours to get the stuff I want or if I want to plop down. 10 bucks for a a cool skin, I'm okay with that. But if you're going to try to milk me for every single penny and dime I have, I'm not playing your game anymore. Agreed. But on to the next story. This is from, uh, this is a Kickstarter Alert. Um, this is for NintendoLife.com. Canceled Game Boy Color RPG Infinity is finally getting released twenty years later. Um, for an unreleased Game Boy Color game, Infinity's got quite the history behind it. Developed by Affinix Software between 1999 and 2001, it wasn't too far off of completion, but due to the Game Boy Advances launch, got canceled due to publishing struggles. An unfinished ROM emerged five years ago, alongside a soundtrack release. And now Infinity is making a comeback through Kickstarter this June. Um, development is being restarted by Incubate Games, who have brought on former staff from Infinix Software to help complete it. Um, in preparation for their upcoming campaign, Retro Mining has launched an official website outlining what we can expect from gameplay. An ancient nameless evil stirs beneath the earth, twisting the land and its people alike. With its corrupting force, the two rival nations careen toward war as a shadowy figure arms them both with unholy weapons of immense power. Power! And disgraced knight is called upon to overcome the centuries-old pain that devised these people. His own grief and malevolent forces fanning the flames of hate. The Epic Tale frames a role-playing game with a unique tactical battle system, a detailed world with over 50 explorable areas, and more than 100 items and beautiful 8-bit graphics, all to immerse you into this world of infinity.
2: This sounds like it would have been a really ambitious game for the Game Boy back then. And I'm glad that yeah, you know, it's gonna be completed, and I, I watched a little bit of the the trailer, and it looks like something that would be right up my alley. It's got yeah a little bit of Link's Awakening type feel, so I I would love to play this because I I love games like this, and like I said, I'm excited that it's gonna get to be completed. You know, 20 years later, that's that's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's why I threw this story in here because I know I was like, man, Derek will really. This looks like something you you would have played, so this is like right up your alley.
2: This would have been in my collection had it been released. Yeah, for sure. But it it just sounds huge for a Game Boy game.
0: Well, the Kickstarter starts in June, so if you want to jump in, uh, uh, go ahead and jump in because I think limited run. Yeah. Uh no wait uh shapeshift no uh I was thinking it was gonna be limited run but it's gonna be sort of like a limited run type of thing the, the company not like actual limited run
2: right yeah no I, I gotcha. got you no I, I'd love to to you know keep uh, checking progress for this because yeah. this sounds like like I said something that would be right up my alley well let's keep it in mind and
0: we'll come back to it in June and uh, see yeah, how it's doing yes
2: for sure. And our last story comes to us from nintendolife.com. Forget the Switch, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Transparent retro consoles are the must-have item of 2021. These look so cool. They do. (laughs) Back in the 80s and 90s, demand for see-through technology arguably hit its peak. I remember that phase. While the 70s had been about attaching bits of wood to consumer electronics (laughs) to make them fit more convincingly in the living room, there was soon a burning desire to actually see the inner workings of the systems we used. And that resulted in some pretty awesome consoles, including more than one transparent Game Boy and a cool Skeleton Saturn, which was exclusive to Japan. Even the N64 got in on the action with several transparent color variants, all of which are highly desirable in today's market. I specifically remember the green one. Uh, While the trend for gaming systems with see-through cases has waned over the past few decades, access to cheap means of mass production in the Far East has recently triggered fresh demand, and retro enthusiasts are now looking at ways of redressing their beloved systems in flashy new transparent clothing. So you can go to at RGRDev on Twitter and see that there's a pre-order for a see-through transparent shell of the Super Nintendo, and man, does it look cool.
0: Oh yeah, uh, 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 Steffi, uh, PC towers are transparent, but you got to see the Super Nintendo transparent super nintendo case holy crap this is cool
1: yeah the i've seen the trend of pc towers have been going to like a, a clear acrylic type thing or at least a window where you can see into it and uh you know and there's like rgb lights inside and uh sometimes there'll be like a little led light with a little animation that's playing and just uh it's, it's very very interesting so so clear you know that could kind have of, thing is still alive and well in the PC space, but uh, I still don't have a clear telephone that I can speak in, mm. and that vexes uh, <laughs> me greatly.
0: Yeah, I put that, uh, that at in the, uh, the chat room there. It's at RGRDev
2: on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I want one. I'm not going to lie. It's not how I expected it to look. I thought it would be, like, I I thought you'd see a little more, I don't know, maybe like the chips or pieces, and it it looks, for the most part, like a clear shell with, you know, the three buttons and the controller. Well, what I I would actually do with this is I
0: would get the clear shell and then have uh, install lights inside of it.
2: Yes. That would be really cool. But it, it looks great. I'd love to get my hands on one. I, as, oh yeah! Super early pre or super early bird pre order ends on March seventh, which was already passed. Oh right? no! <laughs> yeah, uh, still got to find a way to get one though.
0: Yeah, they have some uh, PC Engine stuff here at the bottom that looks pretty cool. Yeah, they have a, a PC Engine transparent shell set too.
2: Mm. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, uh, the, the transparent stuff looks really cool. Like I, I remember the the Game Boy specifically, and that green N64 from back in the day that I know a lot of people had.
0: The only thing I had that was transparent was, uh, remember Swatches? I had a transparent (laughs) Swatch when I was
2: a kid. So did I? I don't think I ever owned a Swatch. Synchronized Swatches.
0: All right, well, that is it for the news. We're going to go into this month in video game history. Oh come on, chat uh, soundboard. <laughs> Work. You gonna to blame me. the chat for the soundboard? <laughs> <laughs> in March of 1983, Atari releases the poorly poorly received 1200 XL computer. Late in the year, at and the rest of the Atari 8-bit family are replaced by the 600 XL and 800 XL. Did I read that right? Hold on. Uh, Atari releases the poorly received 1200XL computer. Late in the year, it and the rest of the Atari 8-bit family are replaced by the 600XL and 800XL. So what's the difference between the 1200 and the 600 and 800?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, the second one is 600 more, and the that is, 800 is 200 more.
0: That is 80s as hell.
2: Yes it is. I don't know, like I, I've never dabbled too much into the Atari, so just like looking at the technology, specifically these, are just so foreign to me. Yeah. Like I just think computer keyboard when I see this, but it's crazy <laughs> to think that they were just it like it doesn't even really have a cool look. It has that weird,
0: like early eighties kind of beige. Yeah. Color to it, like why was everything beige in the early '80s? What were we doing? We we had pastels in the '70s, and wood grain in the '80s, <laughs> and then the '90s we went, uh, you know, cross cross colors, like neon, yeah, neon yeah. and
2: transparent. I don't know. I I personally think we should bring the pastels back. I love pastels. <laughs> uh, March 23rd of 1993, Kirby's Adventure is released for the NES in Japan. It introduced Kirby's ability to take on the powers of enemies he has eaten, which would go on to become a staple of the franchise, and also included the first appearance of Meta Knight, who's a very popular character in Smash Brothers.
0: Man, I love Kirby's, Kirby's Adventure. I really did miss out when I was younger on this game by not giving it a chance.
2: You know, it's crazy to think that Kirby's Dream Land did not include Kirby's ability to transform. Cuz I remember yeah. playing that game for the Game Boy way back in the day. I played that game quite a bit actually. And then, you know, that that power was added and that character was changed forever cuz you you can't picture Kirby without having that ability. Like you just can't. Like yeah. it is it's so it's one of the cooler aspects of Smash Brothers is that you can copy abilities from literally every character in the game.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
2: Let's see. March 11th of 1995,
0: Square releases Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. I still haven't finished Chrono Trigger.
2: I haven't either. I do like, really like that game a lot, though. I feel
0: like four hours into it, and then I just stopped and moved on to everything else. I liked it, I, though.
2: This is one of my... I'm probably going to phrase this wrong, but one of my biggest regrets of my gaming youth was not playing this game. Yeah. Because I know how well-received it was, and even back then I heard how popular it was. I just never played it. But I, it's a game that I hope one day I can go back and finish, because I, I like I love that style of game. It's just they take up a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, March 14th of 1998, Sega announces the discontinuation of the Sega Saturn in North America, to prepare for the launch of its successor, the Dreamcast. I have no real recollection of the Sega Saturn. Uh, I never owned one. You know, I just, I, I had the Genesis, and then I got the Dreamcast when it came out, and that was fairly shortly lived. so. <laughs>
0: I think Wally's package arrived because he just got up and left. <laughs> I was like, what'd I do? I forgot he said he had a package coming. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I never played... Play... Uh, what'd you say? I was going to say I didn't know he hated the Sega Saturn that much.
0: Yeah, I never had a Sega Saturn or a Dreamcast. I never played either one. Maybe um, when I go up to Jersey again um, Joey Image will let me play his Dreamcast for a bit.
2: Maybe if you're really nice, yeah, he will. Uh, There's there's, there's Wally's arm. Oh, I see his arm.
0: (laughs) Is that the cat down there? Like, move the camera down. I want to see the kitty. Here he comes. March 21st of 1999, HAL Laboratory releases Pokemon Snap for the N64 in Japan. You know they're
2: coming out with a new one, right? And I cannot wait to play it because I loved Pokemon Snap. It's such a simple game. You literally sit in this like buggy thing and you take pictures of different Pokemon in their environment. That is all you do, but it is so much fun and I cannot wait to play the new one because it still, to me, is one of the most underrated N64 games ever made. Yeah, I want
0: to shout out Freddy versus All and Daimo in the chat room, too. They've been here for a while. I just haven't shouted them out
2: yet. Oh, sweet. Lively chat tonight. I know. we're we're oh. It's all over the place. Yeah, I love it. Did you get your I package,
0: Wally? Your your big package that you've been waiting on. <laughs> oh, he's messing around with something. My somebody. package is always
1: big, sir.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was
1: coming. <laughs> I had to
0: set him up. I had to set him up for that. Uh
2: and uh, pokeball. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, nice. And to close us out for this month in video game history, on March 21st of 2001 the Game Boy Advance handheld is released by Nintendo in Japan. Also to back up the GBA's identical graphics to the SNES an enhanced remake of Super Mario Bros. 2 was launched. And I I thought the Game Boy Advance was so cool back in the day because they would port Super Nintendo games to it, like Super Mario World uh, like the Super Mario All-Stars versions of uh, Mario Brothers two and three, uh, you know, Link to the Past. It was like reliving the Super Nintendo again. So I, I love the Game Boy Advance. I have very fond memories of it.
0: I'd like to find one out in the wild and start getting some games for it.
2: The original Game Boy Advance did not have a backlit screen.
0: Yeah, that's the bad so, thing.
2: So my uh, my uncle modded it to where it had a backlit screen in it, and it was. It ate up batteries like crazy, but yeah. it was <laughs> like a life changer when that happened. Sure. Um, well, that's it for the uh, this month in video game history. We're about to
0: go into the review, but before we do that, Derek has shout outs.
2: As always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Armes Jackson, axeblade 7 Daniel Salmon, John Jekyll, a.k.a. Mixmaster, Carlos Longoria, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Randy Bailey, Tyler Watson, Justin Olson, Brandon Rutledge, Donner Party of Five, and Gus and Penny. Thank you guys so much for your continued contributions, and because you've kept us at the $50 level, we will continue to do fun commentary tracks. This month, we will be doing a combination of The Muppet Show and Captain N, the Game Master, as voted by you. And speaking of voting, the poll for April's uh, roundtable discussion is up. I believe Castlevania is in the lead right now, but it is a close race. So, If you haven't voted yet, be sure to get your vote in. That poll will close at the end of the month. If you want to vote on several polls such as that and be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head on over to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Very soothing. <laughs> it is. I, I like the music from this game. So, this week I will be reviewing Trials of Mana, also known by its Japanese title Seiken Densetsu 3, which is a 1995 action role playing game developed and published by Square, which you now know as Square Enix, for the Super Famicom. It's the sequel to the 1993 game Secret of Mana and is the third installment in the Mana series. Now, I've praised Secret of Mana ad nauseum on this show. It's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all time. And I had no idea that it was part of a bigger franchise until I was a little bit older and saw that there were Mana games for, say, like the DS, the 3DS. And then the collection of Mana came out for the Switch, which is what this game uh, is on because it wasn't available in the States until now. But get this the first installment in the Mana franchise is actually a Final Fantasy game. Final Fantasy Adventures, I believe, is what it's called. This podcast there, is over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't bring uh, that trash in here.
2: You would have found that out. <laughs> so funny. So <laughs> it's better you hear it from me than just random, random search on the internet. So when I saw that this was available for the Switch, I was really excited to play it because I love Secret of Mana so much, and I was excited to play other games uh, in the series. And this has been a game that I've been working on for quite a while, because as you know, RPGs are much more in-depth than other games we review on the show. So I wanted to give myself enough time to really dive into it. And I'll be perfectly honest, I was a little skeptical in the beginning, because it was very slow to really get going as far as the story. Like you from the beginning, you kinda know what you're supposed to do, but there's just a lot of exploring and a lot of walking in the beginning before you find other members of your party. What's cool about Trials of Mana is that it builds on the formula of Secret of Mana and it has some cool additions to it. So in Secret of Mana, you have your your party of three and You don't get to choose any other characters, but in trials, you get to choose between, I believe it's six characters that you can only choose a max of three, but you can choose from a total of six that you encounter uh, fairly early on in the game. And they each have their own abilities, like some are better with magic, some are better fighters, you know, some are more healers than offense some use more offensive magic.
0: So is this one of the JRPGs that uh, is like random encounters, or is it...
2: Um... Um, kind of. It, it's more of like, it's not like a turn-based battle system. You're just in the field, and enemies show up. You draw out your weapons, which is different from Secret of Mana, because when you're out in the field, your weapons are always out. Yeah. But in Trials... Your weapons aren't out until, like, say, random enemies show up, and then once you beat them, get, like, say, six enemies show up on that section of the map that you're on. Once you beat them, you get a notification that says you won, and you get certain experience points, and then you move on to the next area in the map, and then other enemies will show up, and you repeat the process. Which I, I prefer that type of battle system in an RPG. Like, that's always been my biggest complaint about Earthbound is I don't like the the turn based battle system. I much yeah. prefer to just hack and slash, if you will.
0: Same here. I I never really liked turn based uh, fighting. Um,
1: uh, I never really liked it either until I started playing D anD D, and then that's turn based. So it's like okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
2: don't know. I just found like the the battlefield battle system to be a little bit more like I'm more into it. Whereas with turn base, it's and it can get kind of boring to me. But um, the the other cool thing about uh, trials that builds on secret of mana is in secret you, there was only like one time of day. You just explore. You go to your different temple, uh, forest, wherever you go. But with trials, there's actually a day and night, and different enemies show up. In the day, then at night, there are some objectives you can only do during the day, some you can only do at night. like early on in the game, there's a um, the town that you're in, you can only escape if you, it's at night. so you automatically have to wait until nightfall in order to get out so uh, and the cool thing is a lot of the the characters, like the elements from Secret of Mana, are in this game as well like. Sylphid the the wind god, Gnome the Earth God, or elemental is what I should say. So seeing those characters again, and they actually have more personality in this game than they did in Secret of Mana. Because in secret, you just show up and you're like, oh hey, I'm, you know, the water element. Here's my powers. But with with these characters, this iteration of the characters, there's actually like some funny dialogue. And that's what I like too, is that the the story, now that it's really picking up, is is really cool. And it, to tell you a little bit about the story, so set in a high fantasy world, the game follows three heroes as they attempt to claim the legendary Mana Sword and prevent the Benevedons from being unleashed and destroyed the world. It features three lengthy main plot lines and six different possible main characters, each with their own storylines, and allows two players to play simultaneously. It's funny because like I never had anyone to play secret with. Like, I had these different, you know, three different characters, and you control one, and you can actually set the other two, um, depending on what you want them to do. It's almost like a strategy, in a way, because you can set one to, say, be more aggressive when enemies show up. You can set others to be more passive. Hmm. You can know, kind of sit back and either cast spells or cast healing spells. So it's a cool little, little addition, and you can do that... Wasn't Chrono um, Trigger
0: in, in, like that too, where you could set your your other characters to be either aggressive or passive? I believe so. Because I don't remember that being into, in 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 uh, any of the other games I played, like any RPGs. So I don't know if that's like a common thing or maybe it's just those couple of games.
2: I can't remember it from any other game because I know in Secret of Evermore. You just had, I I know. Actually, I think you could do that in Evermore because it was just you and your dog. Mm -hmm. But I think you could, whatever character you were playing as, you could set the other to be more passive or to just, you know, go in and go ham on all the other enemies. Yeah. But all in all, like so far, I've really enjoyed playing this game and I am going to finish it because I'm now that it's picked up. It, it, I'm liking where the game is going. It was a very slow burn in the beginning because I remember texting you, thinking, "I don't know if I'm going to yeah. like this game or not."
0: That's always been my problem with some of the the older JRPGs. That's why it was hard for me to get into them as a kid because they were like, I like the action RPGs where you just kind of get dropped into a world and you know more like the Legend of Zelda and you know Star Tropics things like that, like the action RPGs. But uh, when you get to the JRPGs, it just feels like it took so long to like for things to get going, and then even still, like once you get going, it's still that that turn-based combat, which I just really I can get into it in certain certain games, but a lot of games I don't like turn-based. I'd rather just like you said, I like to just go ham and just want everybody to just go fight. Like that's what I like to do. <laughs>
2: No, I mean it it makes for to me, it makes for a much more exciting, you know, combat when it comes to RPGs. Yeah. And I was even kind of second guessing myself thinking, you know, I don't remember games like Earthbound and Secret of Mana, like I don't remember them almost kind of boring me with the story because I was so into it. But then I was thinking, would I think the same of trials had I grown up with it?
0: Well that's what I was going to say. Even as, you know, as a kid you had a lot more time to to devote to these games. Like you would buy this game and even if you thought it was boring, you would still play the hell out of it because you didn't have anything else to play till, you know, Christmas or your birthday. So you would just
2: play these games and you had
0: so much more time to devote to it.
2: Well it's like with this game I could only, you know, play for like maybe at the most 45 minutes to an hour yeah at a time and i and I've put several hours into it, but it's you know it's it can be tough to get into an r p g when you can only play for thirty minutes to an hour, and then you stop and then a couple of days later you pick up where you left off, and you're like, what am I oh doing? oh yeah yeah' this is what I'm, <laughs> yeah I, oh right, this is where I was supposed to go yeah <laughs> but it it's very similar in in play to Secret of Mana, which I really like but it adds just enough to where it doesn't feel like a complete rehash Yeah, and even some of the, the reflections or like the opposite reflections of um, the story so say like in Secret of Mana you get the mana sword which by the end of the game is the ultimate weapon that you can use on the final boss you get the sword at the beginning of the game but it has no power and you spend the game getting different orbs to power the sword back up Whereas in Trials, you don't get the sword until close to the end of the game. Hmm. So that becomes like an objective because that's the only weapon that you can use to save the world.
0: You would almost say that it's a master sword. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Maybe. Rampage says, uh, which is why Fortnite is a good good option. 10 to 15 minute rounds and no worries about remembering where you left off.
2: Well, and that's what I've noticed too is that, like, as I've gotten older, my tastes have changed. And, like, Zelda, I think, is the exception to that rule just because I've played, like, all those games since I was a kid. But I, I find myself going to those games that I can only, like, I only have to play for 15 minutes to 30 minutes. And
1: right. then I
2: just put it down and then I can pick it back up, you know, the next day or a couple of days later. And I don't have to worry about okay, where was I? What was I doing? Mm-hmm. What do I have to do? With games You know, like like Fortnite, you can just dive in, and you don't have to worry about it. Literally. Yeah, literally.
0: That's why I love that Gandalf meme where he's like, I have no memory of this place. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you log into an RPG or something, you haven't played for like weeks, and you're just like, the hell was i doing like what am i where's do i have a quest log like what's happening where am i at
2: so funny story the last boss that i fought i had to stop in the middle of the fight so i turned my switch off and then a couple of hours later i turned it back on and i was like oh shit I, was just... <laughs> I do that uh,
0: same like... thing with a lot of my games like sometimes i'll be playing in handheld mode like like I was playing uh, what was the, what, um Metaloid that I was playing before last week and sometimes I'd be in the middle of a boss fight and I'd have to stop and go do something and not touch it again for like a day or two and then I come back to it as soon as I uh, turn it on you know I'm in the middle of a boss fight and I'm like ah
2: what am I doing like crap <laughs> just turn your system on and then
0: yeah you're <laughs> it's dead. like right there. Like, wait a minute. Like a boss beating the shit out of me, like instantly. Like, what is <laughs> happening?
2: I will never turn my switch off during yeah. a boss fight again. <laughs> but no, a- as I mentioned, you know, the- this game, I- I'm really liking where it's going. I I, I want to complete it. I like the, mon- the mana series. I would even like to play more because, as I mentioned, there were some for um, the DS. There's the one for the... the- Final Fantasy was for the NES, which I've briefly dabbled into, but not, I haven't played it enough to really form an opinion on it. Yeah. But, well, I, and plus, well, I, plus well, I figured I would get kicked off the show if I played it extensively.
0: Well, we talked about, uh, when did we talk about this a couple of weeks ago? we like, let's, one of our listeners, Brandon Rutledge, like, let's blow his mind one week where, like, I just completely do a review of, like, Final Fantasy 3. For the Nintendo, uh, <laughs> regular Nintendo, because <laughs> I've never well, you know, touched. A, a, I have never touched a Final Fantasy game ever. My entire life,
2: right? Well, you know that's why I've never put Final Fantasy on any of the polls because I know it will win. Yeah, I know like, it, it will be a landslide. It and won't I, even be close. And I one hundred. Oh,
0: let me tell you how that conversation would go. All right, three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> uh That's exactly how it would go because I don't know anything about Final Fantasy. I just know people love it and they get mad when I make fun of it. So I'm just gonna keep making fun of it.
2: Which is funny because I started that whole thing. Like I'm the one who started <laughs> the shit talk on the Final Fantasy series. And then I, I can't remember which Final Fantasy I reviewed, but it like it blew our Twitter up. It was like, oh my god, they're actually gonna talk about a Final Fantasy, well, fantasy. I just
0: It's one of those things. Like I just don't get, like, why it's like Final Fantasy three in America, but it's like Final Fantasy seven in Japan, and then they put out Final Fantasy four, and it's like Final Fantasy two in Japan. Like, what are you doing with these numbers? Like, what is happening
2: by Final Final Fantasy two? We actually mean 27.
0: Yeah, but then we do like we do a, a sequel, which is actually a prequel, and it's a half game. So it's like Final Fantasy 10 and a half, but it's really Final Fantasy 5. But in America, it's Final Fantasy 10 and a half. But it's a prequel to a sequel, but it's a prequel to a sequel, if you know what I'm saying. Like, you get that? Does that make sense?
2: But let's not forget the one that takes place in an alternate universe. Yeah, the alternate
0: universe, count. and then you take that one, and there's a prequel sequel to that one. Which is uh eleven point two, that and that, that's Final Fantasy eleven point two, and then which is actually Final Fantasy seventeen in 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 Japan.
2: But if you played it, <laughs> but if
0: you played it on the PC engine, it's Final Fantasy
2: seven point eight. Steffi says, "Wait, till we switch to Kingdom Hearts?" Yeah. <laughs> that is a very valid point because Kingdom Hearts does the same thing. Yeah.
1: Well, Kingdom Hearts started out as a crossover between Disney and Final yeah. Fantasy. So
2: it's <laughs> it's appropriate. <laughs> but then they did Kingdom Hearts like 35.2 or 2.75. Like, just give me Kingdom Hearts 1, right? Hearts 2, and Kingdom Hearts 3. That's all I need.
1: My little girl wanted another uh, Kingdom Hearts game because she beat uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. And I went back and I'm like, there was two or three different options. And I'm like, wait, there's... Three Kingdom Hearts games, but there's really six of them. <laughs> What's happening here?
2: <laughs> oh, god, I forgot about this. 356 over 352 two days. over. Oh, over my two. God, what? why? What does that mean? There was a Kingdom Hearts 356 over two days. What? What does that I, mean? I don't, I don't know, and I don't want to know.
0: Do you know what that means, Wally? Right? It means that I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like? I like Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers Two. Super
1: Mario oh, Brothers don't, don't Three. <laughs> uh. Do you mean Japanese? Yeah. Do you mean Super Mario Brothers Two or American?
2: Oh, uh, Brothers <laughs> USA.
1: But at least they were smart enough I, to put I a number was on it. what it was called. Right, you know, that's, and people that's true. people can say the
0: same thing about Legend of Zelda that it's got like a crazy timeline and all that stuff. But the cool thing about Legend of Zelda is it's basically the same game every time. It's just in a different time period. Like you're yeah. still Link, you're still going to kill Ganon, and you're still trying to wake up Princess Zelda or whatever you got to do for her, or rescue her.
2: Rescue her in every some form or single fashion.
0: game. That's it. That's every single Legend of Zelda game. And you know what? I'll still pay for it.
2: I, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. That All is why Zelda. That's why Zelda will always be superior to Final Fantasy. I will fight anyone on that.
0: <laughs> You're asking for it. Uh, uh, <laughs> emails it, at nerdcaveretro uh, Put Derek in the header. Uh,
2: <laughs> I will be more than happy to answer them. <laughs> but, but back to Trials of Mana. Uh, due to its Japanese exclusivity... Most of the English, English language reviews for Trials of Mana were published years after the initial release. One contemporary English language review was in 1995, and Game Fan, which covered import games, and rated the game highly. The Japanese Famitsu review also rated the game highly, though slightly lower than Secret of Mana. Uh, OneUp.com gave it a B-, Famitsu gave it a 31 out of 40. Game Fan, a 95%. Nintendo Life gave it 9 out of 10 stars. And uh, RPG Gamer gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, I, for me, I would give this game a solid 7.5. I still need to play more of it, but I've played enough to know that I do enjoy it. I don't have the same sentimental attachment to this game as I did Secret or Secret of Evermore, Earthbound. But I still very much enjoyed it. It it did give me, once I got into it, it gave me flashbacks of playing those games as a kid. So I I very much like the game. If you're a fan of Secret of Mana, I would definitely get the collection on the Switch. I can't remember how much it is, or I don't think it's on sale. But even Mm. to play Secret alone is is worth it. And getting the other two games is a nice bonus. So I'm enjoying Trials of Mana quite a bit. Like I said, it's a bit of a slow burn, in the beginning, but once you get all your characters, you get your party lined up, the game really gets going, and I, I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have a th- uh, link here to go to the Switch store, but uh, I was going to look up see how much it was. <clears throat> I'll look it up. Real quick. But it is available for PlayStation 4 and Windows PC, so pretty much available everywhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend. I recommend getting it. Well, awesome! I'm glad you finally—you've uh, done all three of those now, right? Uh, I've done Secret and then Trials. I haven't done okay. any other Mana games yet.
0: Uh, I thought you had uh, thought you got them all. Still have one more then.
2: One more.
0: <laughs> uh, so next week, guess what I'm—guess what I'm reviewing next week? Final Fantasy VII: The Remake. Yes, part <laughs> part two, the prequel. The sequel prequel, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm doing Yo Noid for the Nintendo. Oh, that's right. One of, and we still like Wally. We have to have a roundtable discussion, <laughs> and I really want to have this discussion about the what were some of the strangest, um, advertising mascots of the last forty years since
1: 1980. Oh, I mean, we got Yo Noid. We got the. Uh, Quiznos rat things. Oh yeah, <laughs> forgot about those. What the hell? Were,
0: what the hell were those things?
1: <laughs> I don't know. They didn't want me to. They um, didn't it, make it, me go want to
0: eat sandwiches. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. And me and Derek talked about it last week. Do you remember Mac tonight for McDonald's? Oh
1: yeah. I-
0: You talk about nightmare fuel. Holy crap. Everybody in the chat room, go check out Mac Tonight if you've never seen it.
1: Uh, It's on YouTube. uh, He's actually still around. He is uh, at the world's largest McDonald's in Orlando. Wasn't there a defunct land on on him,
0: or was that something else I watched?
1: It's either a defunct land or a yester world, one or the other. I'm
0: pretty sure it's defunct land, because I remember we we looked it up and, and noticed that on YouTube. Yeah, the moon guy, the guy that plays the piano and tries to convince people that, you know, you can go out to McDonald's and have a nice, you know, sexy romantic dinner. With your significant
2: other, <laughs> because nothing says romance. On a <laughs>
1: after dinner at McDonald's, you hey, get the baby. Big Mac. <laughs> hey,
0: baby, I want to hey. take you out, throw a burger down your throat, and then we'll go back and show you my quarter pounder.
1: <laughs> if you like some secret sauce with that, a little sesame seed buns. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, that hurts.
0: Oh, we can hold the
1: <laughs> I can't breathe. we <laughs> uh oh, yeah.
0: that's this is going to be a wonderful discussion. I cannot wait to do this episode. We have that's our ne- We're not even going to do a uh uh a, a Patreon poll next month. We're just we're just going to do the the yep. weird uh, advertising stuff.
1: I got to write down...
0: <laughs> Steffi says,
1: hold the pickle. right. <laughs> okay. Please.
0: Uh, um, uh, oh, man. Because I got to talk about uh, the weird Burger King guy, too. Yeah, I was the about king. to say,
2: we can't forget the king. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Sexy
1: hamburger.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, uh, Wally, did you hear... Um, did you see the thing on... Twitter, where somebody put uh, put a picture of the Grimace uh, next to a picture of a purple butt plug, and then I was just like, I can never unsee this. (laughs) (laughs) The Grimace the whole time. That uh, that checks (laughs) out. (laughs) Wow. Wow. This show has gone <laughs> off the rails.
2: <laughs> this episode of Nerd Cave Retro After Dark is brought to you by McDonald's. Oh, I'm
0: loving man. it. Wally, thank you for coming on the show, man. Yeah, oh, this was great.
1: Really.
0: It's a pleasure. This has uh, been a great episode. I,
1: was, I, was, uh, I am disappointed in one thing. I didn't have to correct you once. Really?
2: <laughs> hmm.
1: No? I was waiting for it. No, there wasn't a thing that you got wrong. And I only did this for you.
0: If it weren't for you, I wouldn't have done it.
1: Oh, I know! I know! <laughs> I was just so vehemently—I was aghast when I saw that text message. I was offended by that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I saw your text, and I'm like, I'm staying out of this discussion. Yeah.
0: So, tell everybody where they can find you and what you're uh, what you've been doing lately on uh, the interwebs.
1: Uh Me? Oh, uh, at the Real Big Wall on Twitter. Uh, the real big wall on twitch I've been uh, streaming I don't do it for like money or anything like that in fact there's not a way to donate on my page because I don't know how to do that and well, as, soon, um, as no get, soon as you get as soon as you get to
0: 50 out. uh 50 I think uh subscribers you get to be you get to apply for affiliate and then uh, oh that'll never happen so oh, uh
1: I'm just uh hanging out with people talking and you know you can drop into my game whenever because I'm always playing fortnite and uh because you know I stream directly from my PlayStation. I don't have any. My computer barely allows me to do this podcast, so I, uh, I am not going to try.
0: <laughs> so, Derek, what you got coming up this week? What's, on the, what's, what's new on the Derek Diamond experience?
1: Yeah, so
2: this week I have three guests on the show, uh, writer-director Stephen M. Smith and actors Tony Fadil and Elliot Cable, all three based out of the U.K., Uh, They come on the show to talk about their latest film called Dead Again, which if you're a fan of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, you'll definitely want to check that out. Uh, It was a really fun conversation, really fun movie to watch. So uh, when you're listening to this on the download, it will be out uh, on the interwebs. And you can follow the podcast on social media at D Diamond Podcast.
0: Fantastic. And uh Go check us out over at Open Micers. Uh, last week, we talked to a very funny comedian, Nikki Coleman, who's open for like Wanda Sykes and a bunch of people like that. She's really funny. She's killing it. She's all over the country, and now everything's that uh, going to be opening back up. She's going to be touring a lot more. She does uh, one of the open mics here along the Gulf Coast. Nikki Coleman, she's a very funny lady. So go check us out at Open Micers and uh, Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. And uh, I think that's going to be about it, fellas. What do you say? Should we call it a show? Err. Yeah. All right. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Hold on. Let me. Uh, there's no music playing here. Hold on. Let me run this back. Ah, because it's turned all the way down. <laughs> NerdCaveRetro with gmail.com. NerdCaveRetro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at NerdCaveRetro. And individually at JPunktastic, at Derek underscore Diamond, and at TheRealBigWall. We're also at ncrmerch.com where you can go buy some shirts and some mugs and masks and whatever else you need. Um, also, we're at Facebook at Facebook.com slash retro and Patreon at Patreon.com slash retro, where you can go give us a couple bucks a month, keep us afloat, and we'll do those extra episodes every month. And if you can't do that, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are sold. And what you gonna do when Nerd Cave Retro runs wild on you?